You are listening to the Noisy Narratives podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? everyone. Welcome to Noisy Narratives. This is Debbie and I'm here along with Christy. Um, how you doing? As you just mentioned earlier, we haven't seen each other in a bit. <laughs> we haven't seen. I legit sat down a minute ago and thought, I really haven't seen you in like a week. And that's because odd. we've had, because yeah. we had ice storm. That's we've right. We've all been at home. We were all at home. Mm-hmm. And then um, your hair is cute. You, were, oh, you did thanks. like a coloring in the front. It's lighter in the front. It's lighter. I got it. You're chopped. trending. Am I trending? Yeah. You look very, very, you look very trendy. You're well, very thank fun. you. It's nice. I've, I've got a cold, mm-hmm. so I'm glad I look trendy because I don't feel, feel trendy that way. right now. But um, anyway, so yeah, what's going on? What's going on with you? What okay, are we I have a question for you. Yeah. If you could be on a wall on any of Jesus's miracles, which miracle would you want to watch? Oh, I heard this this week and I loved it. It sent my head spinning in so many directions. Which? But it's not, it's like miracle. you're just watching. You're not. I'm just watching. You're, you're just watching. And you can pick any of them. Oh, I know exactly which one. I almost texted one. you this week to be like, I'm going to give you a heads up so you can start thinking about no, this. No, I know exactly which one. Lazarus. Lazarus. Because I would love to be there to see Lazarus's reaction when oh. he wakes up and he sees Jesus. Okay. Even though, I guess he just said Lazarus come out. So yeah, that's true. Everybody watched that one. He wasn't in the tomb. So now I have to rethink things. But you could be the fly that's I'm in picturing. there when he's that. He if I could up, be that, so not in, yes. you could be a fly. If I could see like him still. wake up and come out, but um, I don't know if that. Do so totally you want to see the reaction? I want to see his reaction when he sees Jesus, and he knows what Jesus did. Oh, because he died, you know. So some habit he he was. Gone. I do know the story, but I'm actually processing yeah. what you're saying about how because his he response wouldn't to have seeing... been there. And I'm thinking like when you wake up and you realize you're dead, and Jesus just brought mm. you alive, and you see him. Mm-hmm. What? is your response what do you look mm. like like what are you all feeling? the things and i don't know that's that's what comes to my mind first would be that well that's a good one but what about that's you this is i didn't land question. on one actually i was thinking about all of all the different ones because it's hard um, to pick it's hard to pick. yes i like the ones where um mass groups of people get to see his glory yeah Sure. So I always love the fish and the loaves and the wine and the, the big things like that or lowering. So I like them yeah. all. That's my problem. Or what about if your child, if like you lost your child and he brings your child yeah. back to life that that's amazing. Oh my word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That brings your heart just, mm-hmm. yeah. That's but true. I do think if I had to pick one, I do think I would want to be around when, um, Martha comes back and says he's risen. Mm. and looking at all those people's faces like oh the big miracle you want to watch them yeah Yeah. like really what and then the reaction of believing her and going oh versus being like you're a female you're an idiot or you don't know what you're talking about or that there's no way that's going to happen but watching it click in everybody's brain right like like, it really did oh well what look they're taking off we should probably go too nope we're sitting here I think that would be super cool. I th- and I do think if you're like you're saying, if you're a person in a wall, a really cool thing would be in the upper room when you get when you mm. see the reaction when he shows up yeah. and you get everybody's facial expressions, all the different ones. And mm-hmm. you get to see their reaction when Jesus shows up, like for the last yes. time to see them and mm-hmm. they really get to see him face to face and they get to mm-hmm. Thomas gets to touch his hand like and everybody mm-hmm. is has to process that in real time that would be fascinating to watch too because you've got all the different personalities in there and that brings up a good point about the chosen right that's why people love the chosen because you can see those their personalities but even what about the one where um what's his face chops off the ear and jesus picks back up and just puts it back on and heals it just in like just like boom and then he just keeps on moving i know like there's no time to sit and be like what just happened like we just kept moving we just and haven't you wondered i've wondered sometimes reading that story even speed of watching response like you never hear about that soldier again never so like he leaves there and you're going what is his life like after that Uh like what transformation happened with him i think we'll see lots of roman soldiers so soldiers in heaven 
Oh, I would think so for sure. Cause they got to experience yeah. that. And, but we mm-hmm. don't see their story and we don't hear their mm-hmm. story, but they were totally right yeah. there on the sidelines watching the whole thing. And you forget, like, this is one thing we talk about in children's ministry sometimes is I'm like, remember, this is not the only thing, whatever story you're reading here is not the only thing right. going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many people Jesus impact along the way that then go out and impact others that you don't know anything. We don't know anything about, right? We, all these little fingers of mm-hmm. things and then things going on in the world, like that Jesus wasn't in the middle of mm-hmm. still that have had the impact on everything. I mean, it, it really is fascinating to realize because a lot of times we consider that piece of hi- the Bible, that piece of history, the only thing. Well, don't you remember like the learning about Roman life sure. and Greek life? And you're like, wait, this was all happening at the same when time. The Bible was happening? Yeah. Like to me, yeah. I remember growing up thinking like, this is all that took place on earth at that time. Right. And then when you start learning, you're like, no way the history book says that. Yeah. And then you have to confirm it. And you're like, yep, I'm an idiot. Well, and you think about that, like with dinosaurs and stuff. Yeah. I mean, kids talk, we're, they're, we're like, how did that fit in? And I'm going, we have no idea what was going on outside, mm-hmm. out, on outside of the garden. The garden okay. was a piece of it. And really, if you think about what was supposed to happen, the beauty of Eden and humanity mm-hmm. was supposed to spread around the earth, but you know, in a way mm-hmm. before the fall that now looks different. Mm-hmm. And so all that stuff was going on outside the garden. We have no idea no idea, what the earth was. So sure. I think mm-hmm. there's so much that we don't know mm-hmm. that all those things fit in, but it is fascinating to think about. Like if you, that's a great question. I, know, I heard it this past yeah, week good. and I thought that is, and both of the people that were talking about, like knew an exact thing. And I was like, Oh, I have many. Can I, do I, I know. pick just one? But they knew exactly which one. But they're also wow. very kind of dogmatic about their thinking too sometimes. So. Yeah, and Whatever. I dogmas. So I was like, that's that's so limiting. It is. That's <laughs> why so I was limiting. Like, oh, I can be a fly. I can fly from one place <laughs> to right. another. I'm going to sit flit. on a shoulder. I'm just going to go flit. with them. I can float. Uh-huh. What is that? The <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> that's from Sound of Music. Sound of Music. That's yes, right. I can float from uh-huh. one place to the next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Speaking but, of floating to another yeah. spot, maybe we should introduce our next guest. Yeah, and I love our conversation because that fits into being kind of the talking about the joys and the love of the things that Jesus does, of, that the Lord does, the miracles mm-hmm. he does he and did. then now does through other people, mm-hmm. the amazing things he does. Yes. Yeah, so, so we yeah. have Corky Huchard. Did I get it right? Okay. Close enough. Close enough. And we are excited. As you can tell, it's a gentleman in the room with us, which doesn't happen very often and very excited. Yeah. Corky, how did you get your name? My given name is Cortland. Oh, that's a great name. And, it's uh, even on CCB that way. Yes. Corsland and yeah. And my mother always wanted me to be a doctor and uh that never happened. So <laughs> my my great grandfather was actually Cortland, so it's a family name. Okay. And then you got <clears throat> sh- chopped down to Corky. Yeah. So who decided your your name was gonna be Corky? Who gave you that nickname? Do you know? I wasn't around when they decided it. So you never asked? Know. No. What? Wow. You've never because I would know. most Cortlands, I like the one Cortland I've known in my life was shortened to Court. Mm-hmm. That was his nickname was Court. But I, you I need would to, you have homework to now. Know. I know. Well, How did ask. you get Corky? Well, I I guess I was never really interested because I always got kidded with that nickname. Mm. And uh, you know the her, a lot of the kids short. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Georgie, Georgie, putting by. Oh yeah. girls, Well, it was Corky, Corky. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh. girls made them cry. So maybe so a I got made pain. fun of. Yes. So, so it was more like pain. It. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. That makes sense. Now, do you have an Aggie ring on right now? Absolutely. So you and Debbie are Aggies. We yes. Are. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. He's he's old army man though. <laughs> oh, old army. Okay. Well, we're happy you're here, and people are probably wondering why you're here. Um, I saw you probably maybe two years ago, two years ago, maybe. And the joy about Corky is he's an older gentleman and he, um, likes to dress up. You're being kind. It was like two Christmases ago, I think. And I was like, who is grandpa in the dress up (laughs) outfit? Like, and you had probably, what do you have? Second graders at your second Uh, graders. And I was like, Cindy, who is this? This guy is amazing. He is (laughs) He's like a grandpa. He's dressed up. He's like fun. He's, he's energetic. Funny. He's yes. prepared. All the things. Yeah. I was like, who is this? And she was like, oh, that's Corky. And I was so impressed with you, your ability and desire to want to stay involved and stay with the kids and serve the Lord. And so when we were talking about this this week, I was like, oh, we've got to have Corky on because I think your ability to love people and not to discount who you are and your age or season of life you're in to say, well, I'm, I can't, they're second graders. I'm not relevant. Or and I you can't never say I'm done. 
No. So you do a lot. We're going to talk about a lot of different facets of ministry. Children's yeah. ministry is one of them mm-hmm. that requires a lot of energy, but there's other things you do too. And I'm, I love that because you're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to serve till I die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and you I just think it's amazing. So what made you want to come back into kids ministry or come to kids ministry? Well, actually, uh, early on in my Christian life, I, I taught children previously first grade with my wife wonderful group leader named Sherry Pittman and uh, she was so encouraging and I watched her uh, as she worked with the kids and I thought you know I didn't grow up a Christian and I thought boy if I'd have had that sort of influence uh, as a child I might have had a completely different young person's life Uh, and that that was my primary encouragement and uh, so as we moved around the country, we were in home building for 40 years. So we moved around the country. And as we went from place to place, we typically gravitated towards children's ministry. Got plugged in. So where'd you grow up? I was born in Brookside, Delaware, which is oh, near Lord. Wilmington, Delaware. Okay. And uh, spent my elementary years there. And then we, my dad got transferred to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I spent my teenage years there. And then my senior year in high school, I got transferred to Texas. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't, my dad. Year. Yeah. That's a bummer. Well, yeah, it was. But I think, you know, when you go through adversity, I think it makes you a stronger person. Amen. And I actually was the starting quarterback on my junior year at Pittsburgh. Oh, no. And I'll never forget the day my dad came in and said, we're moving to Dallas. Mm. And I said, well, what do I do about play football? So I came down here, and they have a year's waiting rule. So I didn't get to play football my senior year. Oh, so it was a crushing. But as I look back on it, it also enabled me to uh, work at the Holiday Inn, and I earned my money for college. Of course, back then, you know, you could make college on you a could. later salary. You couldn't do that <laughs> I today. Put, I put myself through college, too. Yeah. I mean, it wow. wasn't, and I mean, it. you could do it. That was back when things were capped and yes. all that kind of stuff, and... And not, and you could come out with some debt, but not excruciatingly crippling mm-hmm. debt like you do now. And yeah. it's it's rough, man. That's so. What high school did you go to? I went to R. L. Turner. R. L. Turner. They're in our district this year. We play. Are they on mm-hmm. Josie Lane? On Josie Lane. Yeah. All that's things fun. still lead to sports. Uh huh. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> All the time. Good times. That's awesome. Well, so you're also you and your wife have been married fifty years. You said. Last year. 19. Last year. Yep. So you're coming, coming 51. You yes. feel like you're going to make it to 51? I feel like I'm going to make it to 75. Yay! <laughs> I love it. Nobody else would have me. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I was going to say that is okay. But speaking of your anniversary, this leads us to the next thing you're highly involved in that we want to talk about too, is your 50-year anniversary, you did not get to spend together because you were somewhere else i was uh, on deployment with texas baptist men yes and where were you florida you were in florida because you were doing hurricane relief yes which is big okay so one of the things we had this past weekend was we had kind of mission sunday which is like a baptist tradition right it's we weren't the only baptist church to do it i mean it's kind of a right organized thing so we had a but lot isn't of this real fast. isn't this our yeah. first time to do it though? it's our first time to do it okay recently so I was like here. i was told this is our first yeah. time to do it yes like this. i think they used to do it back a long time ago but i think I it's remember. super cool it is neat i mean we had a lot Put of missionaries faces. here that we support mm-hmm. um in many different ways um and you corky were one of them representing texas baptist men um, and was were available to talk to people about that. So tell us a little bit about what Texas Baptist Men does. Tell us that first, like how they okay. started, who they are, that kind of good stuff. Well, just to comment a little further on what y'all were talking about, the importance of the event this week, is uh, one of the things that I became fully aware of when I got on the missions committee is how little I knew and what organizations we supported. Mm -hmm. So I was really glad to see Mark develop this program because I think it's important if we're going to support with prayer and financially, we need to know what we're doing and meet the people that are doing it. Mm -hmm. So um, I was excited from that standpoint Mm -hmm. uh, that we did get it out. And I understand he's planning on doing that in the future too. I think we're trying to make it like a yearly thing. Yeah. People ask you questions this weekend. What is Texas Baptist Men? Or surprisingly, a number of people knew something about Texas Baptist okay. Men. We get a lot of political, or political, uh, public uh, advertisement, if you would, okay. and uh, when we go out. 
we get a lot of advertisement through the papers and mm-hmm. news media. So uh, they knew a lot about it. They did not know some of the interesting aspects, the fact that it isn't just Texas Baptist men, that 45% of the uh, volunteers are women that work in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't all just Baptists. It's people that uh, have a relationship with the Lord and are willing to help and heal and provide hope for those that are having some issues. So why don't you go ahead and define that the group for us so we know? We're, like, who well, are Texas, Texas Baptist Men is a group of individuals that come together, and we have a lot of people don't realize this. We have chapters in quite a few of the states, Ohio, I know, Georgia, Florida, Do they Louisiana. change into Ohio Baptist Men, no, or is it still Texas? still Texas Baptist Men, oh. and that gets people confused a little bit. Yeah. Really? Each of those uh, states have their own organization structure, just like Texas. That's cool. So, and your purpose, like what's the, the purpose? purpose is a lot of people, we do provide disaster relief and we do a lot of community service events, but that is a vehicle to introduce them, uh, to our love for Jesus hmm. and also to show, uh, an opportunity to plant a seed there, uh, for them to maybe come to know the Lord. Mm. Uh, and also it's there to help heal. Uh, we minister to people that already are strong Christians Mm -hmm. and, uh, it uh, just goes to show there's people out there that care about them. What's a story or what's a person that stands out to you that you've been able to minister to or plant a seed that you can, you think of, or you might continue to pray for the toughest one, uh, and the one I grew from and really encouraged me. And, and I got to tell you, we're as encouraged as they are mm-hmm. uh, just by seeing their responses. Uh, but one of the uh, call outs that we did, I was a uh, cook and we were going to the store to buy material and we buy locally uh, for some of our support group. And this big burly gentleman came up and said, hey, can I help you unload the groceries into your cart? And I said, yeah, that'd be great. We weren't quite sure because people stop us in the aisles or they'll beep their horns as we're traveling or they'll offer to pay for our meals when we go to a restaurant. I mean, it's just amazing, the outpouring of love towards us. Uh, Wait, real fast. Y'all all have matching shirts and oh, you yeah. drive with like trucks that yeah, say Texas, Texas Baptist men. Yep. It's pretty oh, You're fully labeled. You're, yes. you're out there. Yep. Okay, cool. I didn't know that. Okay. So uh, we got to unloading the groceries and uh, we always ask them, you know, were you impacted by the flood and how are you doing? And is there anything we can do? And are you aware we're here ministering? And he, he got kind of a tear in his eye and he looked at me and he said, uh, you heard the story about the lady that was washed away in the flood and they didn't find her body. Mm. And we said, yes, we did. And she said, that was my aunt. And uh, Mm. it was pretty emotional scene, but he finally collected his thoughts and he said, you know what? She and dad, she, she was in a wheelchair and, uh, and uh, her husband was holding on to her and the floods came through so quickly, just pulled her right out of his arms. And she said, we don't know where her body is, but we know where she is. Oh, uh, they were very strong Christians. Mm-hmm. And that just demonstrated to me that Christians suffer too, but they have a reliance and a strength mm-hmm. that they can grasp onto. So mm-hmm. that's one of the more positive ones and one I'll always mm-hmm. remember. Okay, so wait, you said some of the more positive, which because I like those questions. What are some of the more negative? What does negative and positive mean? Like what is one that, what's a negative story or what's a... I like stories, Gorky. I'm sorry. I'm just going to keep just keep asking. I want all the stories. I want them all. All the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, this one's kind of a negative one. Okay. I want to know what negative means. So you tell Negative means then, things aren't going as well as you think they should be. Okay. Okay. You get okay, frustrated you. when you go on some of these deployments that mm-hmm. you, you plan that this is the way something's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, I, I think it was Louisiana, and we went to this person's house, and they said, well, we didn't want you to come. Or... No, wait a second. My husband called and said he did want you to come, but we don't want you to come this day. And we started doing some work, and they said, no, we're not quite ready. And it was just back and forth. Well, we have a list of people that we have to go minister to. So, you know, we're sitting here 
battling back and forth. And uh, I guess my frustration was starting to show. And I'll never forget the gentleman. He's a good friend of mine now. His name is Rupert Robbins, and he's one of the workers there at the TBM. He pulled me aside, and he's a minister too, mm-hmm. which worked out good in my case. And he <laughs> said, Corky, you know we're fighting a spiritual war- warfare here. Mm. And he said, you, you need to think about this. He said, Satan's going to attack everything we're going to do. He's going to try to frustrate our workers. And this is just a perfect example of that. So I said, okay, I can, I can buy that. So mm-hmm. it was about lunchtime. So we decided to run and get something to drink. Uh, because it was hot and oh, humidity was up and everything. And uh, we went to the store, and we have chaplains that are in each group. And we got looking at their chaplain, and there was this lady in the back, or this man in the back that this lady chaplain was talking to. Mm-hmm. And we were pretty certain she was witnessing to him. And he accepted the Lord. Mm. And Rupert said, see, we got frustrated. We moved away from the situation, but God had yeah. someone on our team that was supposed to meet somebody, a divine appointment. Mm-hmm. And he accepted the Lord right there in the 7-Eleven store, in the back of the 7-Eleven store. Oh, so, that's great. So it was kind of frustrating and yeah. negative, but at the same time, it's, yep. what do they say? God makes lemonade out of lemons? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We're going to go with that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Because I was thinking that's not negative at all. I mean... Well, you it just had to negative. shift your, perce- your, per- your perception yeah, and what you I had wanted a negative, to do. Yeah, I had a negative experience because I'm all about efficiency. Yeah, and I'm going, yes. we're here to do a job. Let's yep. get in and do it. Well, God didn't want us to do uh-uh. that right then and there. Uh-huh. So. Does he have to teach you that lesson a lot? Yeah. He teaches me that all the time. Yeah. Kind of very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> very frustrating. I'm learning. And thanks to COVID, I will say COVID helped me learn to be like, okay, it's not my plan. It's not yeah. my plan. Like that was a good. You had stripping. to let a lot of things go during yeah. that time, and I think everything we all worked did. out, right? Yeah. So then, like, if you stay at home for this ice, you're like, oh. But I do like it when everybody is in the same situation. Mm. I discovered that this week. Like, we're all shut down. We're all together. Uh huh. We're all together in COVID. We're Misery. all together in misery. Likes company. I, for me, yes. <laughs> I want to know that I'm not missing. I might have some yeah. FOMO, but I got some, exactly. There's yeah. some left out feelings uh-huh. going I'm on. Like, angsty. Okay. Nobody's getting ahead in life right now. This is great. So if um, tell us like how it how you get um, called out on things. Like how do you get pulled yep. into things like hurricane relief? Okay. And I know you guys were super involved in like Harvey, yeah. right back in the day. So how does that all work? Well. Uh, it phone. starts out number one. Phone. Well, it actually starts out number one with uh, agreeing to volunteer uh, and being used to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, you don't know how. You just got to put your name on a list. You put first. your name on a list, yeah. and you go to yellow what we call yellow cap training, which is really um, more administrative. What do we need to bring on a call out? Because we're pretty self sustaining. We bring on all our own clothes, uh, mm-hmm. uh, cots. Uh, more people need to do this, but uh, you need to bring your CPAP machine because you're in one big large room and everybody's oh, sleeping together. It's <laughs> it's like a freight train going through the gym, and some guys just refuse to admit that they need a CPAP. So it's I actually woke up one night thinking somebody was dying next to oh, me I because bet. they were choking when they were snoring. Well, and it sounds like so you can bring extension humor. cords too for all those oh, machines. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, yeah, extension surge cords protectors. for surge yeah. protectors generators exactly Exactly. (laughs) so a lot of the administrative stuff that's done Mm -hmm. there you got forms to fill out and releases and things like that is there a certain age group you have to be or like you have to be 18 or 21 you need to be at least 18 now we have some day projects that sometimes youth work with us on Mm. uh that we do because we do more than just disaster relief and i'll talk to you a little bit about that but um uh, so that's the administrative side, but there are so many different aspects. People say, well, don't I have to be qualified? And the answer is no, because most of the learning is on the job. Mm-hmm. I've had the, the privilege and uh, the opportunity to serve both on disaster relief or mud out, which is basically going into a house and just when it's devastated mm-hmm. and or the basement's full of water and the half the house is full of water of basically tearing everything out of the house, throwing all the stuff the way that's waterlogged. Because by that time, by the time we get to it, the water's been sitting in the house for three or four days Mm -hmm. or longer, and nothing's of any use. So we haul it off to the curb, and that's a sight to see, to drive Mm -hmm. down the streets and see everybody's life, basically, uh, put out at the curb. Um, 
so that's one aspect of the ministry. The other one is chainsaw ministry, which is a little more technical because trees fall on houses and tornadoes. Trees fall like in Austin. We had a group down there uh, in yards. and people... I was just there this weekend. Okay. It's a it, mess. It's a mess. It was. I mean, my cousins, yeah. I went to their house, and you couldn't even pull up. Like, yeah. And he goes, yesterday the streets, you couldn't drive. Like You had to stop at one spot, and you yes. had to walk in. He goes, but crews have come through. It was shocking. And the problem is so much, some so people, many trees. Yeah, yeah certain the, places. True. The problem is that uh, people either don't have the insurance, mm-hmm. they have the wrong kind of insurance, or uh, FEMA is giving them a run around about what's covered. So what we do is uh, we go in there and and we take care of that clean out. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you talk about happy moments when we're done. Mm-hmm. People look at us, and we'll give them a Bible, and each person on the crew signs the Bible, and we'll have time to prepare with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, their question is, well, how much do I owe you? We say, nothing. And they say, you're kidding me. I got quotes of seven to $10,000 that oh, would have had it come wow. out of our pocket. So when you go into these disaster relief situations, you have um, a look of hopelessness. And I, be, I guess yeah. the best way I had to describe it is I spoke to the GAs and RAs mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to introduce it, but I said, tell me all the things that are valuable to you. And of course they listed their iPhone and their mm-hmm. iPad and their toys mm-hmm. and all that. And I said, can you imagine waking up one morning and it's all gone? Mm-hmm. Pictures, books, your favorite books, it's all gone. That's what we're facing when we face these people. It's their lives are basically gone with very little bit, uh, left uh, mm. for them to deal with and uh, when we're done cleaning up you know the hardest part of facing tragedy is where do I start yeah. absolutely well, we've so it, overwhelming I is. can't imagine we've given them that start mm-hmm. and they walk away and you actually see a little bit of relief in their eyes and say okay now I can move forward mm-hmm. but until that point it was a point of hopelessness not saying I don't even know where to begin Mm. So anyway, the the chainsaw ministry is one. Um, my favorite one right now that I'm working in is food preparation. Oh, so you mentioned cook earlier. Yeah, and I'm and I've been around y'all's food trucks a few times. It's good eating. They're amazing, <laughs> and you guys have these big wok like pots yes. that she used, and you can cook. Okay, I'm trying to remember the stat that the guy gave me that um, some of the ones that I've worked with before. A thousand in thirty in an hour, something like that. Like it's that's huge. minimum. That's minimum. We'll so do, tell me, what we'll is do, we'll do ten thousand meals in a day. And, I mean, what do you cook for insane. ten thousand? What do you cook? Spaghetti? Just Soup. different chili. things. Chili. They fajitas, make amazing chili. Fajitas. Amazing chili. Uh, fajitas. Yeah. Yeah. Potatoes. Stew. Wow. Different things. Uh, this is where we Good work. Hearty in, food. This Good is hearty where food. we work in conjunction with Red Cross. We have what we're called uh, Cambros, which are like big thermoses, yeah. and we cook and fill them up. And the Red Cross takes them out and delivers them to various places. Okay. Now that's the mass feeding, and uh, that's where we go out and feed you know the larger portion mm-hmm. of the crowds. Well. Our volunteers need a place to eat, so we have uh, mm-hmm. cook teams that are on a smaller scale, and we have everything self-contained. We have ovens, warmers, microwaves, just everything you need contained in a trailer, and we pull these things out, and wow. we prepare meals, and we'll prepare all, typically our teams are 40 to 50 people, and we'll prepare breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, we start oh, cool. at four o'clock in the morning because we got a lot of coffee drinkers <laughs> and they want their coffee first thing when they true. get out of bed. So we prepare coffee and breakfast and generally they take lunch with them because they're going out mm. to the outskirts. Yeah. And uh, then we will prepare dinner for them that yeah. evening. Um, in a lot of cases, we're very, very fortunate because we can get on some of the outlying areas and use churches' facilities. Oh, that's nice. A lot of churches will say, the, the ones even that we sleep at, they'll open up their gyms and mm-hmm. allow us to stay there, and then they'll let us use their kitchen facilities. So. And I think what, I mean, <laughs> and that works if the churches aren't devastated. Well, right? that's like, true. We try to get like, on a, well, we yeah. try not to get right in the middle of the mm-hmm. devastation. We try to get on a city that's like five or ten minutes, so it's not so a far drive time. in. Yeah. Because I remember, because um, that's what's so hard, too, about like that that sad and hopelessness you see in people's eyes is yeah. it's not just you now that's struggling in a mass devastation event like the hurricanes, like Harvey, for example, I'm thinking of or Katrina. It's all the friends' houses you would have gone to in times of yeah. need. It's all the churches you would have gone to. It's everything. Businesses. Remember Businesses. the tornadoes down in Dallas? 
and all that area that was destroyed. And we don't even, generally that's covered by insurance and Mm -hmm. commercial. It took them years to rebuild. It did. But it's amazing. Uh, We've actually gone down to the valley. Uh, You know, they get pretty devastated with hurricanes and floods. Mm -hmm. And we've actually gone to people's houses that they were so devastated and unable financially to get back on their feet. The house was in basically the same condition as we left it a year prior. Oh, wow. Walls, half drywalled, mm. very little furniture in the house. Um, mm. So it's uh, it's pretty sad in some cases. Yeah, that's to horrible. See what's your favorite folks. thing to cook? <sighs> Dessert. Oh, yes. Preach. <laughs> Preach it. How do y'all agree. cook for 10,000 people for dessert? Well, dessert, we don't do for 10,000. We okay. basically give them a, a base meal of some protein and, and – uh, vegetables and stuff stuff that's good stuff they need to keep moving yeah exactly but for our workers you know they don't get compensated right um so we we want to be sure that they're well fed with lots of protein and And sugar uh, and sugar and uh, (laughs) coffee and so so wait so then what's your favorite dessert favorite dessert is uh, well the favorite dessert to eat and cook yeah is uh called a sopapilla cheesecake and i have to tell you corky brings us in our so our first kid stuff, he bakes. That is so rich. And he brings us <laughs> sopapilla cheesecakes and double chocolate homemade baked oh, brownies yeah. and all these yeah. different cookies. Like a Texas like, sheet cake too. Yes, oh like yeah, they do that. Yeah. He's um very good in the kitchen. You're a you're an amazing baker too. To, so I do you bake at home so or does Kathy take over that? Um, or do y'all share? You know, it? she cooked for us and our family our entire life. And mm-hmm. when we retired, I said, let me do it. Oh. So I do all the grocery shopping and all the cooking, and she cleans up after me. Oh, oh I love so it. It's good a good share, It's a good. Yes. <laughs> she, I love that. She used to feel guilty about me doing it. She said, not anymore. Really. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to read a book and enjoy it. <laughs> That's so great. I love it. So, so tell, I would love to know, how did you end up um, at TBM? Like, what made you, how did you personally get involved in Texas Baptist Men? When I, we lived in Arizona for a while, and you know, I told you there's chaplains with a group, and we had some good friends, uh, Pat Simmons, who was a chaplain for Arizona Chapter of Baptist Men in the Phoenix area. And I was talking to him one day about, you know, I, I want to do something when I retire. I don't want to just retire. Mm-hmm. And he said, have you ever thought about working for Texas Baptist Men? I, I didn't even know it existed so when i got here i looked it up on the website and said yeah this sounds like something i'd like to do so so that was that easy it was that easy it's not hard at all does kathy do it with you or does she no she said why should i go with you on a trip when i can have a week by myself amen girl amen (laughs) i get that that is awesome well you also do meals on wheels y'all do that together yes Yes. how long have you been you've been doing that for a while too we've been doing that for about four years now yeah that's fun. I asked him, like, what days can you come for the podcast? And he was like, I would give him, nope, meals on wheels. Nope, meals on wheels. Nope, meal. And I was like, oh, my, you are very busy. We only do it two busy days serving. a week. It takes us about mm, maybe two hours. Mm. And we have about 20 to 25 clients. And it's all in a geographically closed-knit area. Yeah. So we can we can get it done fairly quickly. Well, what I think is cool is that there's so many people like, I can't retire. I don't know what I would do. And I'm like, well, there's plenty to do. <laughs> Apparently, there is plenty of ways that mm-hmm. you can give and serve and fill your calendar with meaningful things mm. after have, you retire. I have a uh, friend that's uh, on the chainsaw ministry, and he has a little card with TBM on it. and It's got his phone number and contact that he likes to give to people. And on it, he said, retired to Christ's service. Oh, that's Aww, great. I love and I that. thought that was the neatest phrase. And I said, boy, that's uh, that says it all. That is good. That so, is so interesting. My father-in-law told me, when you retire, you're going to be busier when you work. And he was very, very true. Do you find mm-hmm. that, I mean, so in your friend group, do you find that's most of you are, are doing kind of service stuff in retirement? Or do you see a lot of people who don't maybe spend their time that way in retirement? Like, how would you encourage people facing down and saying, hey, how do I fill my time? How would you encourage them to serve instead of waste it? Ooh, it's quite- I, I, you know, each person has to decide for themselves. And I think it's got to be driven and motivated by your desire to serve the Lord. Uh, you can say things and encourage them. And I like to share experiences 
uh, and it's some of that that resonates with people, some it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Some have health issues that they have to deal with. Oh, sure. I mean, uh, sure. So, you know, it's uh, if if you want to do it, I'm here to help you any way you can. Mm -hmm. But it's not um, all retired men, right? No, it's okay. not. It's Submit. like I said, it's men and women. Yeah. Uh, there's widows. We even have a lady that's uh, doing. Uh, dialysis from home and she's one of the administrator and she comes on trips oh wow and she does the administrative work on some of these uh, trips awesome. it's amazing now she can't eat with us because she's got dialysis treatments yeah. during the days but she can handle a lot of medicine and I look at people like that and I said you know there's really no excuse yeah, for me right. not to if somebody like that mm -hmm. but they really have a, a heart for it she's been in Texas Baptist men for years okay. but she just recently had this issue yeah you mentioned that you came to christ later in life yes what did that look like oh it's the most wonderful thing that ever happened to me Aww. oh well, no, you have to share what's the story i gotta share it um i did not grow up in a christian home my parents idea of going to church was on christmas and easter and I can remember looking over at my dad during most of the services and he was asleep most of the time um uh, it wasn't that they weren't good parents. They loved us, but there just was no Christian upbringing whatsoever. Um, I'm a pretty determined individual, and uh, I like to succeed at things. And I became a self-made teenager that was pretty cocky. And Were you a rebel? Uh, no, I wasn't. I complied. I, I, I walked okay. that fine line. Okay. But you just uh, mentioned you earlier that you were in the principal's office. So. Well, that, that was during my childhood. Okay. I spent more time in the principal's <laughs> office than I did in class. In fact, my mom told the story about when we got promoted to the next grade, none of the teachers in the next grade wanted me to have them in their class. <laughs> so, I was a, so when you asked me, how do you deal with some of these kids that are yes. a little bit, I said, I was one of those kids. I understand. Yeah. I can relate to them. Um, well, but even as I you, got to be so. a teenager, even as I got to be a teenager, uh, pretty independent, uh, did a lot of foolish things that I'm not, can't say that I'm very proud of. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and of course the striking blow was when we got moved from Pittsburgh down to Texas. Well, what's your birth order? How many are there of you? In my family? Yeah. I have kid. two younger sisters. So you're the oldest of three? Yes. Okay. Uh, so that was kind of the defining blow. And like I say, I was a pretty arrogant teenager mm. uh, so much so that uh, when I was a uh, freshman in college my parents decided to move back to Pennsylvania and I said well I'm not moving with you I'm staying here I can do it by myself oh. so I stayed down here but about that time uh, I met this wonderful lady and uh, we dated a little bit in high school and it wasn't until our mm, probably our junior year sophomore latter part of our sophomore year that we started getting serious of college now current, sophomore yeah. year of college yeah. a &M. And uh, she brought me home to meet her family, and uh, I liked what I saw about them. They're probably some of the most humble people, which is the antithesis of what I was. Mm -hmm. So there's this cocky young kid. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, I used to be their uh, boss at the Holiday Inn, her two brothers. Oh, wow. And when Kathy told him that she was dating me, she said, what do you want to date him for? He's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so I did not. And we're best friends now. You yeah, know, yeah her, right, right. But... Uh, um, I saw something in her family, and they they were a good Christian family, but very humble. Mm. And like I said, that's the antithesis, antithesis of what I was. And uh, I saw something special in their family, and Kathy was a very loving, quiet, humble person too. And uh, I said, you know, if I ever get married and have a family, I want to have a family like this. And they actually started inviting me going to church, and we went to First Baptist in Carrollton. Mm. And... Uh, I listened to the preacher. I'd gone several weeks, and finally, it just resonated on me that if I'm going to put one and one together, I got to make a change in my life, and that change was inviting Jesus into my life. Mm -hmm. um, so, as best as I knew how, I said, "You know, Wayne, that was a pastor, Wayne Allen." I said, "I want what Kathy's family has, and I know it's got to start with a decision to change my life and accept Christ." So I made that decision. Uh, unfortunately, I still stumbled my sophomore and junior year in college, mm -hmm. as most of us do. But what do they call that? Sanctification, where you yes. grow mm -hmm. to be more Christ-like? Well, that's still going on, that's believe it or not. On. Yeah. 
<laughs> Just trying to get your legs. That's a lifelong you. thing. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. it's not is. a straight trajectory. That's right. It yeah. doesn't happen quickly. Mm-mm. No. So that's that's kind of how I nice. got involved. So, so but Kathy's it's primarily through the influence of Kathy and yeah. her parents. And they were okay with her bringing home a non-believer. Yeah, that was part of their acceptance cool. of people. Yeah. She was in the mission field all day. We called that missionary dating. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like missionary dating in a negative that. context. Like, you know what I mean? Like growing up, it was like, you don't, you should not missionary date that. Yeah. Like it's, negative, but yeah. it worked out good. Well, I don't yeah. think she had that mind. She just it didn't thought, sound like she it. She just thought I was a stud. When yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah. The new, when you're yeah. young, you're not always <laughs> she, thinking like she, that, right? She has a different story, perspective yeah, yeah, of that. Yeah, we got to get that perspective on. That'd be good. That'd be that good. So oh, that's funny. awesome. So you've been to all these homes. You've been to places that are hopeless. When you come back, do you ever think, like if I, a house is a house, and you probably know this really well. Right. Like there, none of this is going to heaven. Exactly. It's just a house. Exactly. My grandfather used to say that to us all the time. It's just a house. It, there's no value in it at all. There's no U-Haul trailer behind <laughs> a hearse. hearse. Right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but if there is like one thing, if something was about to happen to your house, what is the one thing you would want to take out of your house? My family. To be sure. Okay. It can't be people. Oh. Those people are coming with you. Like a thing. A physical thing. Physical thing. My computer, probably. There you go. Why? Because it's got all my essential stuff, uh-huh. all my finances all your are things. on it. Even pictures, Anything right? else, pictures, yeah. Yeah. yeah, pictures. Anything else I could probably live without. I wouldn't like it, but you could do it. I could do without it. Yeah, but yeah. I, the computer would probably be the hardest. Yeah. That and my phone. Yes, which are kind of one and the same. Yeah, exactly. If you're on the cloud. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> right, I mean, they're the same thing. What's the cloud? Uh, you, <laughs> we'll turn your phone back on later. You can figure that out. <laughs> what is a cloud? That's really funny. Well, for the longest time, the when we first got sky. on computers, they were oh, talking right. about a mouse. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah, that's right. A mouse <laughs> in a cloud. A What's the problem here, people? <laughs> yep. That's true. That's, that's very, very true. true. So if you, um, if somebody's listening, they want to um, consider getting involved in an organization like Texas Baptist Men, what What's the first step? What would you tell them to do? Go online and look y'all up? or Go online. Look at Texas Baptist Men. You can talk to Mr. Google. Talk to Google. Use or the theory. Google. Google. Or, oh, yeah, Siri. Yep. Yep. And that's the best way. It's mm-hmm. got all the information you need. Um, and that's what gets you started. They tell you everything. Now, you did. I wanted to come back to something that you said before we started recording. You talked about some training you guys got where they trained y'all on how to respond to reporters. Oh, this yeah. This is his yes. corporate years. His, this is my corporate year. Oh, this, this was not years. Texas Baptist Men? No, 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 oh, no. Oh, man. Was, I missed that is, first part of the conversation. Yeah. Well, yeah. never well, mind. You, you can't leave our people, list, listeners, okay. hanging. Well, I was thinking people like reporters would hound y'all when you were out there doing Texas Baptist Men stuff. They said, I mm. want y'all ready. No, but I do love, and you brought this up too, is that when they talk about Red Cross, they will say yeah. Red Cross and Texas Baptist, Baptist Men all the time. Yes. And I'm always like, good job. Yeah you know, mainstream media for using the word Baptist in a, like no in a problem. Positive way. Yes. Right. So I, I, I am thankful for that relationship. And well, they when they talk to us, a lot of us really try to point out that our mission is really to introduce others to Christ. Yeah. And that gets out on the media. I love it. You know, uh, yeah. and everybody that speaks to media ensures mm-hmm. that people understand that this is just a vehicle to just share the love mm-hmm. of Christ with others and introduce mm-hmm. them if they don't already yeah. know it. But to circle back to Debbie's question, yes. If somebody asks you an interview, a question, Corky was nervous about coming on. Let's be honest with everybody. Everybody seems to be nervous about mm. coming on with us, but then they always kind of chill. See, this isn't bad, right? No, this is didn't hurt there at you all. go. Not yet. Those of you listening who we haven't asked yet, you can say yes when we do. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but he said he shared with us the um, training you got when you were in the corporate home home building. Hold home building. Um, if somebody asked you a question, how? What do they tell you to do? Remind us. Well, if you don't like the question that they ask, right? Wasn't well, that either the if you don't like the question, because a lot of times reporters will try to trick you to get you to say something mm-hmm. that they want to meet their storyline yeah. or their agenda. So you always answer any question they ask with the same answer. Okay. And it may be in a different format. Uh, they may say, well, uh, you had problems with this production home, and, and these people are having all sorts of warning problems. Well, we're sorry that happened. We're doing the best we can. 
Hmm. Well, what are you going to do about it? Well, we're in the process of doing this and we're going to do everything that we can. Yeah, yeah. And you just all that way you don't get tricked into giving an answer to meet their agenda. That they can take and peel out. That's probably yes. just good advice all around. Yeah. I was just thinking, you need to teach a class to parents of teenagers how to answer your kids' questions. Because I got in that argument a couple of days ago with one of my kids on, that's not the answer I want. Yeah. I don't like that answer. And yeah. I was like, I cannot think of any other way to say no. Yeah. Like yes. I might totally came up blank. But I'm going to start rewording their question back just to say them. the same thing over and over. over and over again. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Let's make my brain that's what we do, do for kids all the time. That's so good. So I speaking of like what you were saying about just ministering to others, wrapping it back around um, before we close out and have a few um, kind of questions for you. Um, but I think when I think of like you and what you do with Texas Baptist men and your gr- the group, men and women who are involved, I think of James 2, right? Starting in verse 14. Um, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Exactly. Those are strong words for if believers. If you read on to James 3.18, there's another yeah. one that says we love one another. You know, it talks about that if, 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 we, if, we, if we say that we love one another. Yes. And that we don't follow that up with action. Then they're dead. It's dead. It's, mm-hmm. it's worthless. Well, and there was, um, and there's so many verses similar yeah. to this because there was another one in um, Matthew um, and this one was in, yeah, I was trying to make sure I get the right chapter. Yeah. Matthew 25 verse 44 along similar lines, when they asked him, you know, they're talking to Jesus about, um, like how to serve others. And Jesus is saying, Hey, if I look at you and say, you have not provided me drink or food when I was in need, you have not served me. And then they said, but we've always served you, Lord. Right. They were like, we've always taken care of you. And then he turns it around on them and he says, but I will answer. I will ask you, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or needing clothes or sick in a prison? And did we not help you? They're saying this to Jesus. And he says, he will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for the one of the least of you here, the ones who didn't have anything, you didn't do that for me. Exactly. Like I am in their place. So it's like you, when you didn't serve them, you actually didn't serve me. me. So I can say that to you. It's not just about me. So I just find just our actions and the works that are so deliberate and intentional of service. Amazing to watch. Um, And that's ministry, right? Because you can't go somewhere and share the gospel and then leave people hungry and sick and wanting. And that really be be the fulfillment of the gospel. But you know, the other side of the coin is you got to be careful that you don't make works the priority Mm. that. And it's only really do works. Results. Yeah, and don't do works. You know, a lot of people think they can work their place into heaven or work right. themselves into heaven. Right. And really, it's the motivation behind it. You know, why are you doing this? Are you doing it for your own edification? Uh, are you doing it to please other people? No, you're doing it to ultimately show God's love that He showed for you. Yeah. And, and I think that's a difference. And I think sometimes if we're not careful, uh, I know I have to be careful that. Why am I doing this? Am I doing this to make myself look better? Or am I doing this because there's a need there and it's a way I can share Christ with them? Uh, And I think that's that's nothing more than Satan trying to steer you if you do it for any other reason. Well, and if you're paying attention, like you said, to the stories around you and then addressing those and learning. Like you said, even then you learned from a pastor friend who took you aside and he said, remember. So if we're doing that and we're spending the time intentionally looking around and and noticing what, where God's calling us to be at the moments, I think that's how you keep that from happening, yeah. right? Yeah. Is because you're engaged in moving forward in the process of where God wants you to be. That's where daily prayer and Bible study is helpful. You have to, right? Keeps you focused. Yeah. And friends that yeah. say, dude. That's right. Let's readjust here. That's right. Yeah. This is Satan coming at you. Yeah. yeah. This is spiritual warfare mm-hmm. that's happening everywhere. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the interesting questions we ask in the evening when we wrap up our sessions, we have a group meeting with all the different teams that meet. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they always ask is, what did you see God do today? 
Mm. And that's always an encouraging time because you get different stories that you get to share with people. And mm -hmm. so it's not just your group. Yeah. You get the fulfillment mm. of everything that's happening uh, with that. And that has to be Is emotional. I remember any time like, I've been, yes, crying already. Because you're tired. Yes. Yeah. You're worn out. But you've worked hard. You're not hungry. You're not hungry. No, you need some good chili, <laughs> you know, but you've seen like, so people uh -huh. at their hardest, most desperate, and you feel that need and you've seen God work and you're exhausted as a team, but you're sharing. I can't imagine how emotional those You know, the other thing are. is, is you don't feel that tiredness when you're there. Yeah. Oh, really? Now, when you come you home, collapse you collapse when you come on home. your yep. home. But somehow God gives you the strength to get up each morning at 4 o'clock. Uh, they try to limit your time limit to a week, two weeks maximum. I did oh, and it. they rotate you off and they rotate you off. Yeah, because they realize sense. that sure. and when you're out there, they're watching out for each yeah. other. Because mm -hmm. uh, you can get hurt if you're tired, well, right? Well, one time I got heat exhaustion, mm -hmm. and my leader looked at me and said, you okay? And I was about ready to fall on the ground. And they watch out for each other, and they force each other to take breaks and mm -hmm. and relax. And if you're hurting, nobody ever criticizes you for sitting down, taking a break, or going to get a Gatorade or something. So yeah, uh, people watch out for each other there too. It's it's like a family. It's another family to us. Yeah, absolutely, That's it awesome. is. So okay, we do lightning round questions. These are just five questions, just real easy questions. You didn't tell me we were going to do this. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> we don't always. It depends. You're lucky. Yeah. We try to do it to new guests. Yes, oh, that's thanks. what we try to do. Correct. But these are easy. Like, here's a softball, right? I'm just going to toss you a softball real easy. What is the last show that you binge watched and loved? Do you and Kathy watch shows on Netflix or Amazon? Friends. Oh, yeah. No way. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> what, what are, do you know what you're on right now? Like what season? Oh, no. Just I, just watch watch, it it's on. I just watch it. I just flip through the channels Same. and, and see what it Friends. Because it's, it's on all the time. Because yeah. there's, there's so much garbage on. I just, the recourse is always go back to Friends. That's right. That's good. Okay. What is something that people often get wrong about you? I can, can I take pass? out the pause, but can I love it. Can I pass? This. No. <laughs> Re-ask me the question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What is something people often get wrong about you? Do you want to go to a different one and come Did back I, to that one? Yeah, let me think about that okay, one. Okay, pause on that one. So while you're thinking of this, here's your next question. Okay. What is your biggest pet peeve? Drivers in Dallas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's bad. There's a lot to be there's a lot uh -huh. to be peeved about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yep. In fact, my wife will say why are you getting upset with them? I'm the only one that can hear what you're saying or thinking oh, that's about. That's true. That's <laughs> I'm the one good. that has to listen to you. Yeah, that's uh -huh. exactly right. <laughs> and you're like, well, good. I'm going to give you another earful. Thank you very okay. much. Okay. The noisy narrative, which is what this podcast is called, is about cutting through the noise and getting to the heart of the matter. What is your narrative right now? Another way to say it is kind of like, what season are you in? So you would say Corky is in the blank narrative, like a content narrative, a busy, a retired. We had a learning narrative one time. Learning. What's your season of life? Or maybe things that are going on in your head. Peace. A peaceful oh, narrative. Peace narrative. I like that. That is. That's good. So you have some calm. Yeah, go. even in the midst of, especially with all that's going on in the United States, and mm. you know, and by keeping focused on some of these service projects, it gives you a different perspective. Absolutely, and you walk away from it I and say, with that. you know, things aren't that bad. Yeah, they are bad. There's a lot of reason. I had someone tell me there's a lot of reasons not to worry. Maybe a few things to be concerned about. Yeah. That's so, true. I, I think that's hope, helpful for so many people. There's yeah. so many things that can help give you perspective yeah. and serving is one is the best one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. You are in heaven and you're looking down at your funeral. What do you hope people say about you? You cannot say that you are a good and faithful servant or that you love Jesus. Cause love we Jesus. know that about you. That's an assumption. Look at him. He's like, dang it. He yeah, wants to snap. He's like, shoot. <laughs> yeah. Took Cause my. we know that that's the first thing we're going to say. So we're just talking about What's the next thing? What would he you loved his family. Oh, yeah. I loved his family. We didn't ask you how many kids you have. I have three kids. How many grandkids? Uh, four, 13 grandchildren and four, two great-grandchildren and two on the way. Oh, wow. Are most of them local? No. Half of them are in Arizona. Arizona. As my son said, you left us. <laughs> Because <laughs> we want him to be here with us. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Oh, so he's blaming you. We don't leave anything on... Um, 
we don't leave what any hanging chads here for no, lack of don't. a better word so what is something that people often get wrong about you have to go back to that question yeah I, I think probably the thing that uh, they don't realize how impatient I can get because I try to hide it. Oh, there you go. I get impatient with myself. I get impatient with others, but I try to keep yeah, that inside. Yeah, keep it in. So, so I, do you try to hide think, it or do you try to work on it? Oh, I've been working on I it. I would say you're working on I'm it. Working I don't on think it, you're but it's hiding a, it's it. A I real think you're working on it's it. It's a real detriment for me. Uh, it's it's caused problems even within my own son mm. in my relationship, you know, that I wasn't patient enough with him. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, good. So. Yeah, because that's true. That's where it really gets you is the relations, with relationships the with your kids. Yes. Yeah. I just think you're very honest about who you are. So I think people who hide it just want people to view them a certain way and they don't care about working on the issue. Mm, that's yeah. not the way you, you are. You need to work on the yes, issue. Yes. You've told me that multiple times. Yeah. Anyway, you're like, I'm working on being paid. Like it's yeah. an how ongoing do you thing learn for you. That? Like, how did you, how did you realize you needed, cause that's not a common saying amongst men well, and women. This is, this is getting personal, but I, I don't have a very good relationship with my oldest son. Uh-huh. And, uh, at first, I was angry and hurt. He said, you know, Dad, I don't mind you being around my wife or my kids, but I just don't enjoy being around you. Mm-hmm. And being the oldest son, I was probably the hardest on him and not very patient. He's just, He just said, I've had enough. Mm-hmm. And actually, I've got a couple of the ministers that are praying for me and have been praying for me not to get angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, my anger was not directed at him it was more at me or my frustration with the situation but to a child that comes across that you're angry at them mm-hmm. and uh that's something that i'm working on and uh, uh you know mike mcgee mm-hmm. yeah. yeah he's great he, he shared with me he said you know you need to realize that you're no longer their mom and dad mm-hmm. you know and any advice that you give them or any way you come across so you need to just be patient and let him work through it you're not going to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. So all you got to do is ask God to give you a peace. Mm, that's true. That's good. About the situation and realize that if it's in God's yeah. will, you'll eventually. Mm-hmm. So that's been my prayer that we will be able to reestablish those bonds. Now, my other two kids, I'm close as can mm-hmm. be to, but uh, it's just our personalities. We're, mm-hmm. Kathy says we're very much alike, and that's probably part of the problem. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So. That's interesting. Yeah. That's good. Thank you for the personal story. Yeah, because those are hard sometimes. That's not we'll one I'm particularly you. proud of either. <laughs> no, but it's <laughs> real life, and yeah. honestly, I think that part of sanctification we don't talk about enough. Right. That it's ongoing in our lives. That God's constantly working on us. We're not perfect. Yeah. Our kids aren't perfect. Relationships aren't perfect. And part when it, and we were even talking about this part of the honesty on our podcast that we because we've shared some very personal things. Chris mm-hmm. and I both ha- have on this podcast is is hoping that people see that the transparency is actually biblical, that sharing that kind of thing is part of being in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Bring it into the light. Bring it into the light. Because when you look biblically at the people who love the Lord, their mess is everywhere. God did not hide that. He is, we're not called to because it's just a part of being here and lifting each other up means we're constantly in front of each other saying, hey, have you reconsidered this? Have you thought about this? Let me pray for you. What about me? Like, I need help with this. I'm not good at this. I'm, you know. You know, one of the best acronyms I had related to anger and how you respond to people is the acronym THINK. Mm. Have you ever heard that acronym? No, let's do it. THINK, is it T for thoughtful? Mm-hmm. H, is it helpful? I, is it inspirational? And is it necessary? And K, is it kind? And that's how, before you speak to somebody, instead of speaking in anger, mm-hmm. you think about it. And I actually used that with our kids in fifth grade, yeah. and they went, wow, I never thought about that. So uh, good. So that was, that's probably the best lesson I learned out of this whole anger situation. Yeah. So say it again so people can go through it. Use the word think. Before you speak in anger. Yeah, before you speak stop. in anger. And then you've got to realize you, you're angry. That's right. <laughs> well, you got to no, stop. But even before you speak to somebody, mm-hmm. yeah. whether it's in anger or not, you know, oh, you ask point. yourself, is it thoughtful? Thoughtful. Is it helpful? Helpful. Is it inspirational? Is it even necessary that you respond? And is it kind? So pass those Can I tests. Ask a question? It does it have to be no. all five or just one of the five? 
It doesn't work as well. It doesn't work as well. Yeah, it needs to be R nothing. It's not like... It's like picking and choosing out of scripture. You know, that's do right. I have to obey this oh, scripture right. or that one? You got to, like, you got to take I the like whole thing. Verse. Can I lift this one out and not uh-huh. pay attention to the before There's and after? There's so many other words that you could just take out of that one to get thin. It could be a day. It's not think, but it's thin. But you do need all five. Yes. You need all five. Okay, Corky, that's good. No, play this over so. and over. <laughs> we should play it to ourselves. I just think that's amazing. Corky, thank you so much uh-huh. for coming on thank with you. us. We have enjoyed our time immensely. And have learned things from you. It's been and a pleasure. So, yes. And it and wasn't quite as nerve-wracking as I thought it would be. Good. <laughs> Say that loud so, you so can everyone tell, on the other so side So you can tell other people to follow up that's that right, it's it's right, okay. It's all You'll right. You'll make everybody feel very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. We do. We try our hardest. Sometimes they say things they don't mean to because we make them say and feel so comfortable. Statement. And then there's me at it and we're taking the little edit button. But um, anyway, so thank you so much. We are We were happy to have you. Um, we will be happy to have you again. If there's anything else you want to come on and share, we'll listen. I've pretty much bared my soul. <laughs> bared your soul. Thank you Love so it. much. That's it from us here at Noisy Narratives, everybody. Until next week, we will talk to you later. Bye. Life can be amazing.